Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Wednesday. Oh, I'm back. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Wednesday for those that are here live. For those that are here any day of the week, thanks so much for being here. It's an honor to have us back. It's an honor to be back with you. For those that celebrated the holiday of Shavuot, happy holiday. It was a fascinating holiday. The holiday that remembers the, 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 the giving of the Torah Mount Sinai. Believe it or not, that is a holiday for most of the religions in the world. Whether you're Christian or you're Muslim or you're Jewish, you trace it back to that moment. So it's really, a, for all practical purposes, a global holiday. We left off last week with this concept of, if you remember the, the circle, we started talking about this idea of uh, the choices that we have. And where we really left off is this concept that you really don't have much of a choice in which to, it, to be challenged, right? The way life works is we think that we're choosing challenge or no challenge. Like it seems to us that what is happening is that as we encounter pain, we're choosing to either engage in the challenge or to retract from the challenge. But remember, the pain comes to us because of disconnection. We're not sitting around for the most part doing nothing. What begins the journey, if you will, is the recognition that there's a disconnect between who I am and who I should be, what I have and what I should have, my be and my do. And it doesn't necessarily happen when I'm sort of in the, on the couch of life, if you will. And so we can take those feelings of wanting more of the, the disconnection and we can hide them for long periods of time. We can lose ourselves in things. Two times ago, uh, two, three weeks ago, we did a show, the Shabbat show on addiction. If you remember those heroes, I met another one this week. It was heroes. The people that are lost in an addiction, the reason why they're lost in an addiction, if you can break it down, is because in those moments of disconnection, when they realize they shouldn't, the pull is too strong. So they lose themselves, if you will. They fall down into the addiction. They lose themselves in the alcohol. It's too hard to climb out of the challenge. So you fall down, right? So the pain comes, the pain of disconnection. Either you're disconnected from the family, disconnected from your career, you're disconnected from yourself. You hit a crossroads. Up would be over the challenge, or at least would be beginning the process of fighting the challenge. And down would be, if you will, falling down from the challenge and giving in. And if you if you listen to the stories, you'll find that they many times when the pain came of disconnection, and they knew they had to be bigger, they just couldn't, and they fell down. Now, in addiction, you're 
you're engaging in a real difficult source. It could be a drug that is expensive, that, you know, sort of has a synthetic design to addict your brain and send different chemicals throughout your brain, dopamine and whatnot, which now is basically putting you against the wall, having you to get that dopamine, having you to go out and spend the money, et cetera. Et cetera. But there are other drugs that we have. The couch is a drug, isn't it? Netflix is a drug. I read a study where husbands and wives across the country show um, lower amounts of intimacy together because of Netflix. It's crazy because of online movies. It's too hard to be connected to this woman and I got to do this and do that. And she has to do this, whatever it is, the intimacy of marriage, which by the way, according to Judaism is maybe the holiest thing. Intimacy in Judaism is holy. And one would think that that's pretty down the fairway for what people want, but it's hard when you can watch them. You could just binge a show. That's not an addiction. When the virus hit and people had the ability to sort of go into their homes, rebuild their families, learn new things. I know people that got degrees. I know people that got degrees in COVID. Degrees. Like a degree. They went online and they got like a master's in something. I know people whose whole lives are changed, really, for the better. Their whole lives. They went into their little cave called COVID last March and they emerged. Whenever they emerged, they're different human beings. Their families are different. Their spirituality is different. Their connection to God is different. Their ability to grow their career is different. They learned new things. They developed their Zoom capacity. They built companies. I know people whose lives have accelerated in the positive. I know other people who just binged everything. They just binged. They just sat, played video games, and watched everything on every single platform. That's not an addiction. It's an addiction. Let me tell you how it works for those who are aware of this stuff. We have this thing inside us called a soul. Now, when you hit that first challenge, if you can remember that little circle that we have, right? We spoke about it last time, but if you're listening to this on demand, you just we spoke about it on the last episode. But for those who are here live, you have to, you know, the last time you heard this was Friday. When you hit that pain of disconnection, you have to fight it. Usually the pain leads to some level of inspiration. Usually when, and by the way, inspiration doesn't have to mean like you're dancing and singing. It could be inspiration through the negative, right? It can be you're inspired to change. You're not dancing, but you're, you feel so low, if you will, that you have to fight. That's also inspiration. When you feel like you've hit rock bottom, bottom in anything, that's inspiration. If you feel like you've gained too much weight, let's say, let's make it easy. If you feel like you've gained too much weight and you're like, I can't do this anymore. That's also inspiration. Whatever it takes you to change is inspiration. You don't have to hear a speech. You don't have to hear a song. You don't have to be dancing in the aisles. Just having a thought of change is an inspiration. 
It's that's what inspiration is. But if you really break it down, inspiration really is the sound of the soul. Because what the soul wants is greatness. What the body wants is comfort and survival. What the soul wants is greatness. So whenever the soul is given an opportunity to speak, the soul starts to talk. And the talking that you're hearing is let's change. Now, once you have that feeling of change, you're, you're faced. If you remember, we spoke last time, we have what's called the unfamiliar pain, the unfamiliar, I'm not sure what's going to be, or the familiar pain. I know what it's like to not feel like I'm enough. I know what it's like to feel like I'm not eating healthy. <clears throat> I know what it's like to feel like I have failed and I'm stuck in this world. That's the face that you're in. You've got the disconnection. You've got the inspiration. Now you're up against the next change. Now you're on the wall. Either you do something, you make the call, you, you, you hit the gym, you uh, study the thing you don't want to study, whatever it is, you pray. Yeah, there are people that never prayed. You sit down in your room. You don't forget going to like a temple or a synagogue or you sit down in your room and you, and you open yourself up to something more than yourself. Whatever you do, whatever it is, career, family, whatever it is, it's unfamiliar to you. It's unfamiliar territory. So now you choose between the, the pain that I know or the pain that I don't know. The pain that I know is that I'm not enough. The pain that I don't know is this new thing that's going to hurt me. I'm going to be losing my breath on the treadmill. I'm going to potentially, you know, be vulnerable when I open my mouth to somebody else. Whatever the thing is, I may lose money if I try this new business. So, you have to understand that when you're in that zone and your brain goes, no, 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 no. We can't go to the unfamiliar pain. It does so in a very specific way. Now, if we can break this piece down here, we can start to build it out. I want to break down that wall for, with together with you. Like what's the wall in front of you? Because that's the first move, Right? Again, pain, inspiration, I'm ready. I want to make a change. I want to lose weight. I want to have deeper relationships. I want to get my degree. I want to, whatever the thing is you want. Now you're about to do the thing. And as you're about to do the thing, that will be challenging. Your brain in its survival mode is going to do everything that it can to get you to stop. Because it, you'd much rather have familiar pain than unfamiliar pain. So what does it do? The first, let's just break it down. The first thing, the first thing that the brain does is it tells you that what's in front of you is greater than you can handle. Whenever you try anything new, that first thought that comes into your mind is it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. You'll, your brain will go anywhere to show you that it'll be too much. Well, if you stop eating this food, what happens in two weeks from now when you go to that wedding? What are you going to do then? Huh? If you don't eat this food, you're going to starve because in work, you're never going to find this food. What are you going to do then? If you want to start running on the treadmill, what happens tomorrow night when you're out all night? 
What happens in two days from now when you're going to be on vacation? What happens next week when you're going to be on the road? If you want to make that phone call, what happens if they say no? What happens if they reject you? What happens if the whole family breaks apart because you opened your mouth and said hello to somebody that you shouldn't say hello to? What, what are your friends going to think? You're trying to get more connected to spirituality. What about your friends? What, what, and what does that mean? And your brain will give you every scenario, every single scenario that will show you that the thing that you want to be doing is way too hard. They'll throw every excuse at that wall to get you to say, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go to my familiar pain. It's hard to drive to the city. It's hard to fly on an airplane. You really need to fly. You really need to go. What about the family you're leaving back here? I know it's two days, but still. You're going you're to work there? There's a constant state of, I don't know how bad this is going to be, so I'm sure it's going to be worse than I thought. And many people with great intentions, with great intentions, come up to that wall, and when they get to the wall, they say, nah, I can't do that. I can't do that. Because it's unfamiliar. And I'm sure it's going to be harder than I thought. And here's the best part. You ready? This is the best part. But your brain, again, for those who are in a, understand some of the deeper spiritual concepts, we call this the Yetzir Hara, the, the evil inclination. But let's just stay into the world of the brain. But just for those who are in that zone, I can just throw, throw a little note to you. As soon as your brain tells you it's going to be hard, watch how it works. And tell me if you've been here before. As soon as your brain tells you it's going to be hard, right? You can't do that. You can't do that, right? It's going to be so hard. You never did it before. It's unfamiliar. The next thing out of your mouth is, out of your mind is, why me? Why am I like this for? Everyone else seems to have it easy. That person seems to be so put together. Why me? How come I can't manage my kids? How come I don't feel natural doing this? How come it's hard for me to drive in a car? Everyone else seems to be driving everywhere. How come it's hard for me to do this thing? How come it's hard for me to develop and whatever? How come so-and-so seems like they call whoever they want? How come so-and-so seems like they can effortlessly do everything? Everyone else has their life together. How come it's hard for me? Now, now, if your brain can get you to say, that's too hard and why me? right? Don't do it. And now you're a victim. It's over. It's over. That's called match set point. It's over because they got you. Because as opposed to your emotional energy going to break through the wall, which by the way, isn't a wall. It's just a thin little picture of a wall because really you don't got to break down the wall. Really, you don't have to be great in life. Really, you don't have to overcome any any major challenge. All you really have to do is what we call micro greatness. You got to be great for five minutes. You got to be great for one hour. At most, you got to be great for one day. That, by the way, is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. It's called sleep. We know at the end of it, we got to go right back into unconsciousness. So therefore, all you really have to do, you don't got to be a great parent. 
You're not going to be a great uh, a person. You're not going to lose tons of, you know, you don't have to be the, the Moses. You got to be great for the day. It's one day. You can fake anything for a day. If I put on an outfit on you and told you to act in the next upcoming Academy Award winning film and you're a prince or a princess from like, you know, the, the Middle Ages, you can act for a day. If you had to like, you know, take out a sword and have a fight, you can do it for a day. You can't do it for a month. You can do it for a day. You can act strong for a day. We can act courageous for 15 minutes. We can restrain ourselves from our temptations for a few hours. We can't do it for the next two years, but no one's asking that of us. Really, the only thing we really have to do is just be good enough till you fall asleep. So that, that wall in front of us isn't even a wall. It's just a picture of a wall. It's a set. It just looks really, really real. But it's a set. It's cardboard. It's not nothing. It's not, it's not stone. But if your brain can get you to think that that thing is stone and I can't get you through this and then get you into a place of self-loathing and self-pity, what you're doing is you're taking the emotional energy that you have that's given to you by God through your soul to give you the strength to get through that wall. And as opposed to getting through the wall, you're using it to get stuck into the circle of why me. Because self-loathing, self-pity is emotionally exhausting. You know why? Because it's not part of our soul. It's not natural to us. Our soul is constantly in a place of empowerment. So disempowerment is exhausting. It's not us. It's the real imposter. And it's exhausting to sustain the imposter. It's more exhausting to maintain self-loathing and self-pity than it is to break through the wall in front of you. It is more emotionally draining to ask why me than to say, how do I get through that wall? And when you speak to somebody who just has, for whatever reason, created a life of getting through walls, there are people like this. They learn at some point, whether it's through sports or through life, that this is how life works. They get used to that unfamiliar pain. They, you, when, you, when, you, when you speak to them, they sort of intuit that, that just get through the next few minutes. Don't get lost in the why me and I can't and it's not going to work. All of that thinking is draining the energy that you have that was given to you to get to the wall. And as soon as you now have that energy being drained by why me, and that wall looks bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, now you're stuck. So you know what you need to do? You need to go find the couch. Uh, let me, oh, we have a minute left. We'll talk about what that couch looks like. Now, let me just end with this for tomorrow. The couch is actually designed to give you a hit of feeling great without actually having to feel great. We'll talk about it, which is why sports is such a big deal. Movies is such a big deal. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. But this idea that 
not only am I falling into the world of Netflix and the couch, I'm actually trying to consume material that is about other people being great. Because when I have watch other people be great, I get to taste greatness without having to do anything. I get to watch greatness without having to do it myself. That allows me to stay low and get this synthetic fake greatness that I don't have to work for by watching it on somebody else doing it on a screen or on a clip. And that creates its own little world. All right, we'll talk about this. All right, let's get rolling. We're going to, we're going to, with God's help, let's do this together. I don't know. We're all in this together. If we can figure out how to get through these challenges and apply them to our lives, maybe we can actually change our lives. All right. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.